Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for being with us again today. At this hour, construction defects, alleged or otherwise, are a hallmark of any building boom, and the last five, year, five years have been no exception. While there are no publicly available numbers on the frequency of such complaints, attorneys say latent defects usually spring up a year or so after buildings open. Many say they are already uh, seeing an uptick given that construction has been unrelenting since 2012, and they say it's safe to assume that another wave of lawsuits is about to hit. Also at this hour, East Village and Greenwich Village residents are demanding that city officials only approve plans for a high-rise tech center if there are only protections put in place to prevent their neighborhood from becoming Midtown South. A 21-story commercial building at 124 East 14th Street, where there is currently a PC Richard and Son appliance store, was proposed by the de Blasio administration as part of the mayor's New York Works Initiative. What is that all about? We'll talk about it. But first, you are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate, and I am your host, Vince Rocco. In the news this morning, it's been over five years since groundbreaking occurred at the Hudson Yards mega development. Today, phase one appears to be all but complete and is increasingly hard to miss on the overall Manhattan skyline. Stretching over 26 acres and costing $25 billion, the full site will become the largest planned development in the com- in the country's history. Permits have been filed also for a 17-story building at 1164 River Avenue in the Bronx's Concourse neighborhood. The site is half a block away from the 167th Street subway station, serviced by the number 4 train, and just one stop away from Yankee Stadium. And three blocks away from the uh, B&D lines at 167th Street, Matt Equities is listed as responsible for the development. Few towers have as much separation from the rest of Manhattan skyline as the Lower East Side's one Manhattan Square. The building is without competition for views, rising 72 stories above the New York's most well-known neighborhoods. The next highest structure is its immediate vicinity is in its immediate vicinity is the Manhattan Bridge, which spans the East River into Brooklyn. Extel Development Company is responsible for the development, and Lendlease is responsible for the construction. The Upper West Side isn't home to much new development, but that hasn't stopped the rise of 1865 Broadway on the corner of 61st Street and Broadway, the most substantial structure uh, currently nearing completion in that neighborhood. Uh, Now the 33-story tower is finally starting to see its Skidmore, Owens, and uh, Merrill-designed concrete paneling installed along the lower floors, and the result is proving an increasingly attractive addition to the uh, landscape. Uh, Avalon Bay Communities is the construction company. Savvy businesswoman Bethany Frankel continues to prove that a skinny girl can make great deals. The star of The Real Housewives of New York City is adding the title Hamptons Home Flipper to her resume of real estate expertise. She's listed the Morning Glory House at 2623 Montauk Highway for $3 million, less than one year after she bought the East End Beauty for just a shade over $2 million. The newly listed Morning Glory House has permits to become a bed and breakfast, Uh, The 4,239-square-foot home sits on just over half an acre of land and features seven bedrooms and and five-and-a-half bathrooms. It also has the requisite Hamptons-esque porch, a gunite pool, and bluestone patio. Now, the only question is, is it south of the highway? The answer is, no, it's not. It sits right on the highway, and it's north of the highway. And closing, town residential was Andrew Heiberger's last option. No amount of cost-cutting would have uh, saved the residential firm, he said May 14th during a one-on-one conversation with the Real Deal's Emil Karanji. In re- recent years, the pressure on traditional brokerages has mounted, and firms are now facing high commission costs and fierce competition for top agents. I don't think the traditional brokerage model is sustainable, said Heiberger, who shuttered Town's brokerage and leasing businesses on April 19th. He says they were disrupted. According to Heiberger, Town did $13.5 billion in sales during its eight-year run, but it struggled with turning a profit. By 2017, Town whittled its losses from $10 million down to $670,000, but still not enough. Heiberger said he wouldn't do anything differently. He said he accomplished what he set out to do. He said plans to finish two new development projects he's been working on will happen. As long as I don't have a toe tag, those projects can get completed by me. Isn't that something? Who wants a toe tag anyway? My mic keeps dropping, guys. This is crazy. Uh, Anyway, good morning, everybody. (laughs) Morning. Morning. 
morning, sunshine. So I'm you here with, thank you here. so it's much. It's like a dissertation. Today. <laughs> your, your mic is like your via of Somebody the morning. Needs, Somebody needs <laughs> to tighten it. Oh, don't even go there. Today. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. You better lock it down. <laughs> My panel is here today with Louise Phillips Ford from Halstead Real Estate, Matt Cohen from CORE, Sean McPeak from Halstead Real Estate, Tracy Hammersley from Douglas Elliman, Phil Horgan on his way from leasebreak.com and Freely, and Anna Shagalov from Halstead Real Estate. So what's going on, guys? How is everything? It is awesome. awesome. Good morning. Good morning. That beautiful <laughs> weather. Oh, and it's uh, holding my microphone up. Isn't it? <laughs> I need to have more of a purpose. I know. I can't understand what's going on and, with this. Anyway, you're enjoying the arm workout. Don't lie. I'm, yes, I'm going to have to switch is. in a minute because it's getting heavy. See, now, if Matt was sitting there, he wouldn't do that. I Absolutely know, I know. not. I leave you to your own. <laughs> <laughs> hold your own mic. See, we know our panel members, don't we? All right, anyway, let's move on. Not long after closing on a $28.5 million pad at 56 Leonard Street last spring, the new owner had a problem. More than one, actually. The master bathroom allegedly had poor caulking, the deadbolts weren't working properly, and the apartment's oak floors were starting to warp. Ouch. When the owner's contractor tore up the floor, he discovered three layers of wood that were under the oak, which appear to have been laid to conceal defects underneath, according to a lawsuit filed in March. In the suit, the plaintiff and an entity titled New Jersey trucking mogul Ronald Dana accused the developers such as soaring 14-foot ceilings a private elevator, a breakfast bar, and an electronic curtain system for the apartment's floor-to-ceiling windows, a marquee feature of the Jenga-like tower. The developers described this uh, suit as meritless, so they're saying there's nothing wrong. Construction defense, alleged or otherwise, are a hallmark of any building boom, and the last five years have been no exception. While there are no publicly available numbers on the frequency of such complaints, attorneys say latent defects usually spring up a year or so after buildings open. Many say... Uh, they are already seeing an uptick, given that construction has been unrelenting since 2012 in this town. And they say it's a safe to assume that another wave of lawsuits is about to hit. So, you know, my question is, all of us have sold a new development. We continue to sell a new development. What are we seeing out there? And how serious is this problem really becoming? And it, and why is it so rampant? Well, I, I will just speak. First of all, you have to remember, just take a, a moment in your sinking your so mic long. is sinking. I, my um, mic is going to be sinking all day. I, I, I just want to remind everybody, sort of, I've done probably over 30 development projects, and um, I've had one lawsuit in 30 development projects. But if you look at the scale of development that we've experienced in this particular city, it is a boom that we've really never experienced since the industrial period since the 1920s and, and a little bit before. So I think that one of the things we have to remember is that we have a massive growth spurt that we're experiencing. And secondly, I think, unfortunately, you know, everybody is so insured that the director, the board of directors are not, I mean, the insurance won't cover it and there's not enough money in the reserve. So basically the developers wait them out. But let me ask you something, because, you know, I'm beginning to see... It, I mean, it de- does depend on somebody's integrity. Yeah. Because, look, well, life happens. You well, know, mistakes happen. Human error happens. It, it, it's but your all intent about, it, to be in resolu- about, resolution is another matter. I, I agree. But, you know, I, since re- reading the story and actually before, I have been noticing some of these defects as we, you know, as you trudge along the city here. And what I don't understand is wh- where is the quality of construction from the onset? Okay. When they hire these construction companies, I understand everything is about cost. I understand it's about the cost to build and the price per foot to build all that good stuff. And everybody wants a deal, even on the construction side. But there comes a point in time when, you know, you're selling very, 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 and in this town, very expensive apartments, 7 million, 10 million, 20 million, 5 million, whatever the number is, you expect the quality or level of quality to be a little better. And when you go through a punch list walkthrough, I mean, I, when I was reading this story about floors buckling, it's a brand new building. Well, how, how I, is that yes, possible? Yes, but you got to always be, that would drive well, you the, the And you also absolutely crazy. have to understand, I had a whole building that happened. And it's $28 million. And by the way, um, you know, it, it, an entire building in the 1990s. Yeah, but listen, you know, green wood is something nobody can actually predict. If a, if a, if a building is too, I mean, if wood, the wood that is purchased is too soft, it can happen. It's really what your intent is to resolve it. Secondly, you got to remember who your clientele is. You know, for anybody who's done high-end 
luxury project managing for, you know, the celebrities out there, and these are those, you know, zip codes of crazy numbers, they are expecting perfection. So you're going to find a higher volume for that, you know, market where somebody's attitude's just different. I also think that this is where good brokers come into play because if you have a client that's interested in a new development, you want your broker to be able to know about the developer and research the developer and know that they have a good track record. You know, this is why you do that research. I mean, I have a client who is renting at 5600 for like 30000 a month and he... Uh, his heat wasn't working well in the winter. And I remember we just had this wild talk about it. And I was like, well, this is why I didn't let you buy here. <laughs> um, but that's that's why you do research. I mean, Ouch. you know, not to not to hate, but like developers like Excel or JDS or Silverstein or Magnum, these people have really good track records. You know, they're like, like Louis said, you can never, you know, predict everything, but it's also good to go with someone who does have the good track record. I find the ones that don't or the newer developers have ones have like, you know, the first few years of the development opening and people living there have litigation. Because and, of and, so and buyers though, ask new, questions new. about who the developer is, by the way, when they do come through and they want to know what their experience is. And I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Um, I think it's so common, though, for any building to have some sort of settling within the first five to seven years. I always say that the best time to buy into a building is seven years in, seven to ten years in, when all the latent defects have been addressed all the issues of the building have been well, or yeah, or not. But then, but there's history then, so you know what right. you know what the litigations are. You know how the developers right. responded to certain things. So whether it's either been fixed or you know not to buy in that building because nothing is being addressed. All right, we, all right, all right, we have to take a break and leave it there. We'll come right back after the break and finish this talk. This is Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, I wanted to just complete our thought. We were talking about construction defects in new condo developments and, in some cases, new rental developments here in New York City. And it seems to be running rampant. And uh, all of you made great points about, you know, making sure that when you're out there working, looking for a new development with your, your agents to make sure that you find or do some research on your developers. And also, more importantly, you know, I find a lot of people ask me about the developers, but they don't ask about the construction company. And I guess they feel like if the if the developer knows his stuff, he's going to pick the right construction group. And, you know, sometimes, yes, sometimes they make a mistake as well. So just make sure you look to see what may be out there uh, by complaints by the other people, especially if the building has already closed. 
Uh, I'm fortunate enough to be working in a building where every punchless walkthrough that we've been through recently has been great. So, but you know, you know, as as you all said before, five to seven years from now, when buildings start settling, it's only it's anybody's guess. I remember my parents built a house when we were kids, and you know, after about five years, the house started settling, and we had cracks in the wall. And, you know, a shingle fell off the house or whatever. And it was it was like no big deal because you kind of knew what it was. But it did take about five or six years before that stuff started to happen. So just be careful. Just be cautious. You want to say that also? I, I was oh, just going to, sorry, say real quick, guys, that, that there's a trend that's happening with developers like Magnum and JDS where they're hiring third-party um, third punch list resolution we companies are too. We are too. that literally – help keep everybody, nobody cuts corners, it is what it is, the, the sponsor pays for that party, and um, and it has nothing to do with with the construction right. team. However... Right. did that at 172 Madison, didn't you? To some, to, some, <laughs> to some degree, you know, they do hold money back from the contractor, well, and they determine what's reasonable and what's not. We're using a company called Pro Home right now, uh, who's doing yeah, all the walkthroughs. Yeah, I've used them before. So, you know, we really have, you know, they, they're responsible for everything. They're totally <laughs> buttoned up. <laughs> also, um, my clients who are buying new developments, one of the first... Uh, conversations that we have is about different types of new developments, and we'll talk about conversions versus ground up. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is one of the major differences. I mean, Absolutely. to Anna's point of letting a building settle over you know five to seven years. I mean, if you buy in a new development that's a conversion, then you know that the bones of it are very good, that it's been there and for it's a while. Pre war, which yeah, is solid then, to begin with. Let me just talk on that because I've done about eighteen of those. Um, you know, the the formula that's mandated by by the attorney general is that they have to put three percent of the total sellout into the reserve fund. So if it's a hundred and eighty million dollar sellout, and that's you know, you do that the day of the first closing. So I may be only converting forty-eight percent of the building of the hundred percent, but I still have to put that three percent in that the developer does. And so, for example, my recent one, 498 West End Avenue, we literally put, I want to say, $3.8 million in the reserve fund, which is pretty awesome. I've actually bought new construction twice in the city with two very different experiences as far as punch lists and after that. So uh, it is important to check your developer's track record. But I will say that there are some new developers that it's their very first flagship. Uh, there were some Dutch developers that did house at 404 Park Avenue South that was amazing. So beautiful, everything. And they were really trying to make their splash and to start their reputation. So I would say that buyers don't have to be discouraged from buying brand new developers either. I, I think buyers come to the... Is that how you pronounce that? That makes so much more sense H-U-I-S now. House. It's like a house. I would always go by be like, hoys? Hoys? Hoy. I'm like, what? Hoy. It's north of Houston Street. Whatever. But I think buyers are coming to the table a little more sophisticated than they used to because their attorneys get them all charged up when it comes to walkthrough time. So when they go through a walkthrough, um, they want to make sure that every little thing is correct. I, I once, on the first project I ever sold um, in this town for Halstead, um, the developer wanted me to do the walkthroughs. So you know, I was this director of sales. <laughs> I was selling the units, and then as they were closing, he wanted me to go through the walkthroughs. He paid me extra for that, and I kept thinking, Should've you know, done. I don't I don't think I really want to do this because this is going to turn out to be very tragic. Ugly. Well, in it's fact, ugly. it turned out to be very ugly, and I thought, you know what? He didn't pay you enough. <laughs> I, I, I have a different experience no. from that. I do all my punch list. Oh, wow. And, um, and you have to – my philosophy is that I am my sponsor's face. Correct. And so when you have a sponsor who has – a very strong word and ethic and wants to do the right thing, then it's not, I'm not vulnerable. I can speak and stand behind my words and I also can help them figure out what to pick, pick your battles. You know, I'm, we're not in, we're not going to give you perfection. It's not because we don't want to, it's just, it's it's not reasonable. This is building was built in 1923 or 1918. It's going to be imperfect, but very true. Let's choose to be in the solution together because that's what our intent is. But you have an upstanding developer who you've been working with forever and does great delivery of product. But, but, but my question to you, though, is 
don't you see a conflict between your selling efforts and then your your walking through and punch list efforts? Because not at all. I think that we represent what we want to build and stand by yeah. it. Okay. And and you know there are. I've had one individual in thirty years that you know it didn't matter. I was never going to make that person, and that's still in a litigation. Yeah. And that was two thousand and five. I also think to Louise's point, you, Vince, you were on site and Louise was not on site, I'm assuming. Like you, you're, you're all around. Like you also, in the sense of, in the sense of, I think that, you know, on site new development agents who don't represent buyers should not be doing walkthroughs where I think that if you're doing like, I think that you can understand a walkthrough more and more as well because you also represent buyers. I think it's also a reasoning thing. Yeah, but I also think that I'm 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 in every meeting to develop that building, and I know why we did what decisions we she, did. She's unusual. She stands out. I, I I agree with what she's saying. Unusual. And I really. I no, 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 no. <laughs> I, no, I mean, in a very good way. No, 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 in, in a very good way. She's special. Thank you, because she's had a relationship <laughs> with this developer forever, and she's done. I don't. How many buildings have you done with these people? A lot. Hundreds. A lot. So it, it's a different situation. You're right, Matt. I was on site. I was selling to to buyers and, and whatever, and then had to turn around after a very good experience and then go through a walkthrough. And I'm not suggesting that this developer wasn't good, but there were a lot of imperfections and there were a lot of things, scratched floors. I mean, I can go on and on and on. So, you know, you go from a very good experience on the front end selling to a really kind of wild Mm-hmm. It also depends on how end. reasonable your buyer is. I mean, I've worked with buyers that right. would well, not accept a scratch on the floor, would right. not accept a switch plate that was not perfectly um, leveled. I mean, I wouldn't either. I mean, those are I things that I are wouldn't either, and that's things fine. Things that we're but, in control I mean, of. I remember to have a built a, a wall that isn't isn't perfectly straight. It will nineteen. Oh, the wall. 18, for, yeah, of you course. know, yeah. it of is course. what it is. Yeah. But I had a buyer who had like six or seven pages of oh, wow. defects. And so many of these things were like, not know, important, not important. And things that are, I mean, the rationale is this is going to happen within your first week of living there anyway. Right. But that's not the kind of, you don't want to go into it that way. You want to go into perfection, but it was just, it was so far removed that, and, and this was even before he signed the contract. He was driving the developer so crazy right. that he went in and yeah, I'm not even going to say who or where. My but, developer um, might not have even taken that deal. Well, he he was taking the deal because it, he was going through a big divorce at the time. And I meant the developer. The developer. Oh. It was going through a big divorce. He had to he had to take the deal. If I told you who he was, you guys would know everything about it. But um, he had to take the deal. And then one day someone came in said, I love the apartment. I'll take it. Sign the contract the day before my buyer was actually going to sign. And I'm like, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised. You totally drove him away. Buyer to Anyone. Take the deal. <laughs> yeah, and it happened. I ended up selling him something better. All right, let's move along. Anyway. Continuing new development conversation. Like Gary Barnett before him, Harry Macklow is targeting Asian buyers for his latest condominium project. Executives from Macklow Properties and Coors CEO Sean Osher are hitting the road this week. Uh, they're actually already there to find buyers for the 566-unit residential conversion of One Wall Street. Wow, I didn't realize it was that big. The sales roadshow will start in Hong Kong and move to Shanghai, Beijing, and Shenzhen. The South China Morning Post reported last week, uh, and that effort will begin in September. So my question is, you know, since the foreign market and the foreign buyers have sort of been asleep lately, why do these guys think that they're going to reinvigorate the Asian market to purchase in this building downtown, at I don't think it's, well, it's not it's that dead. It's not a question. It's it's not a question. I was talking to Sean last week, and he they're doing extremely successfully over there. Um, because we forget how huge China is. First of all, are they actually selling units over there? Absolutely. Okay. Um, and we forget that just the population. Um, but also we forget that Hudson Yards has stopped selling to investors. So they have to buy something here, and they want to buy something here, and Hudson Yards is off limits to them. So what do they go to? And 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 just to, again, I I feel like I say this every time we're on the show, but I I, I we got to remember that there's only thirty eight percent of New York City housing market available to be bought, and only thirteen percent of that to date are condominiums, and with all those thirteen percent condominiums, there's only six percent investor concentration here, which is unprecedented across our country. Um, Miami is 63%. Nashville, Tennessee, where I'm from, is got a 12 or 14% 
investor concentration. That's crazy. I think they're smart for going on the road. I think they'll have a lot of success finding the buyers Excel in China. Model. I, I, I agree. Yeah. Manhattan, uh, if, you, if you compare Manhattan and New York City to uh, the size of these Chinese cities you just mentioned, we're smaller than all those cities in population. And they have huge high-rises, and they're used to you know new development. That's and what that, they like over there. That particular development has $138 million of EB-5 money, mm-hmm. which is international investors for green cards, quite frankly. And um, so, and the majority holder stakeholder is Middle Eastern. So I think they're going to be targeting both Middle Eastern as well as the uh, Chinese market. I would just say, and the prosperity of China is only increasing. I mean, so it's just like from a big picture perspective, if you're a developer, you're definitely focusing on that part of the world. There's no question. They about make, it. There's new Chinese billionaires every day. Right. Like me. Except for the Chinese part? Yeah, so true. True. <laughs> Chinese That small thing? Uh, goals. <laughs> I, no, I'm just because it's 566 units, and that's a huge conversion uh, in a spectacular building downtown. I do think it's going to do well. I'm just not concerned, but I was just curious to know because, yes, I mean, the, the foreign purchasers are not dead, but they haven't been out as as much as they were over the past couple of years, so there's a lot of people. Well, that a lot of a lot of these higher end, larger unit uh, conversions and developments are are hiring and instituting international sales directors. So there's people that are going to be permanently yeah. on the road for a lot of these larger conversions, which I think is spectacular. And and this is plan. Yeah, and also I think it's all perception. I mean, I think a lot of people don't know actuality and are still thinking about, you know, last year or the year before when there were major regulations of the Chinese government, and that's actually lessened a lot. So, you know, given that, given the stop at Hudson Yards, um, what, you know, what Sean said, this building one wall, not only is it huge, but it's actually made up of, they're making it up of small units. It's not going to be a ton of big units. So that's very attractive to investors I, who are I, absolutely. I think also we got to remember that the seeds of what's happening today in downtown in the financial district is part of a result of the downtown alliance that started after September 11th. Mm-hmm. So we are now almost two decades into that cause and effect. I keep thinking, you know, whenever I hear about this building and this conversion, the first gym I ever worked out in in New York City was in that building on the uh, lower floors, probably in the basement. Jack Lalane. Does anybody remember Jack Gosh, Lalane? Yes. For like $4 you a month. You were so <laughs> dating <laughs> yourself, dude. Oh I was so dating myself. And they had a second location across from the <laughs> IBM building where I used to work on 56th and Madison Avenue. So tell me about it. Not um, only have I never heard of that, but is that... That's a person? Is that, is that like David Barton's grandfather? Matthew, you weren't born yet. <laughs> yeah, no, he was a fitness Sorry. guru. Yeah. Anyway, we have to take a break. Ding, ding, are, we are live from Blast Off Productions here in New York City. This is Good Morning New York. <laughs> we will come back right after the break. Don't go away. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Sports from Hall State Real Estate, Matthew Cohen from CORE, Sean McPeak from Halstead Real Estate, Tracy Hammersley, Douglas Elliman, Phil Horrigan, Freely and Leasebreak.com and Anna Shagaloff from Halstead Real Estate. We're going to get a Freely update in a minute. But anyway, I wanted to make an observation. We haven't had a Hamptons update 
on this show in a while. Oh my God, so, I'm texting Ray. with Ray as we speak. Ray, well, Ray, give us the Hamptons. Good yeah. morning. <laughs> so we have a surprise call. Oh, shocking, <laughs> shocking. Good morning, Raymond Lord. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Say hello to all your friends here. Hola, Ray. Hello, all. We miss you. So first question is, where the hell in the world are you? I am actually back in the States right at the moment, and I am in Johnson City, New York. Uh, wow. That, that's right. You uh, had your major charity what event. Exit is Thanks for the invite to dinner week. last night. <laughs> <laughs> Johnson City is upstate New York where he has some investment property. So what are you doing up there? So I am redoing a house presently, and I just have a few different things that I have to have to do. And I'm meeting with three contractors and accepting deliveries, and I just need to make sure everything's on point. So I'm here. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I know. The worst problems to have. So, Ray, tell us a little bit about what's happening in the Hamptons. I understand that it's kind of heating up again, or is it just because we're starting a summer month? Or what's going on there? Yeah, so I was just in the Hamptons yesterday before I met Tracy, actually, and the Hamptons is heating up not only figuratively, but literally as well. Montauk is being very, very busy right now. I just put a house two weeks ago on the market for $1.5 million. Wow, really? Okay. We have have over-asking bidding right now, and that house is about 10 years old with no pool north of the highway. So it's been very active. I have three different things coming online in Montauk as well in the, in the next two weeks. Which, what was the list on the one that you just sold over Ask? So that one is a, the house is about 10 years old. It's north of the highway. It's asking 1.5, and we have a, a bid well, well, well over the asking price. There was two people bidding on it. Six figures over the ask? I'm sorry? Congratulations, Ray. Is that six figures over the ask or close? That is six figures over the ask. I love that, Basel being a Montauk owner myself. Mm-hmm. What does the rental market yes. look like, or how is it shaping up these days? So the Weird. rental market came in really strong early. Um, people started just renting out the whole season, probably beginning of February, March-ish. And now there's, a, there's still a few lingering rentals you can definitely make happen, but for the most part, I haven't heard any major complaints from owners about renting, like, problem of renting they've they've done them pretty well so do you think do you attribute the the robust you know rental season already underway and as you indicate almost done is it because of the healthy wall street bonuses that were dished out earlier this year because you know the past couple of years in the hamptons the rental was not so great and certainly people weren't doing seasonal like memorial day to labor day so it was kind of like sketchy what's what is the reason this year i think it's a it's a mix of things i do think you know, people do have more disposable income because they, they obtain larger bonuses. But also, you guys experience, you went through about four winters. And I think every time that happens, people are, are more ready to really just spend the summer. And they, they start looking earlier and make decisions earlier to rent. I, I, do you don't think it's any driven factors around um, interest rates and the market has reset? I mean, it's not in terms off, of like, rental, no, not that much. Because if you think about it, the interest rates, I've had people wait and not even bat an eye about the interest rate because for whatever reason they're waiting for, their own, there's been many different things. I, I do a lot of people who own hedge funds and in finance, so they have different vehicles yeah, that they can totally. use. That, you know, the common people normally can't obtain, so they don't really wait. They don't really care so much about that, to be honest. Um, but I think, but I think the more common people like me um, are are affected by interest rates. I think that they're not. You know, I think secondary home. It, it, I don't know if it's that. Well, no, I think that there are a lot of people who are holding off on buying first homes, and they're actually renting in the Hampton. Like I've had a couple of people who have held off buying in the city, and they're dishing out a lot of money to rent out east. And what about Airbnb? Don't you find that still very unpredictable in the rental market and people are not actually trending to take? I took my house in Bridgehampton's rented for a year, but I had difficulty getting people to commit after decades of people taking it for the whole summer or for one month every month in July for Mm -hmm. Mm $50,000. And what's your say on that? 
Airbnb definitely is throwing a wrench in the rental market overall. And I think it has a little bit of a cyclical cycle. So it, it definitely went off really well. People started Airbnb nonstop. And then as more and more people, I've heard countless numbers of stories where there's like scammers on Airbnb or saying yep, wire absolutely. X amount of money. They call us. They're like, we're at the house. And they get our number from just being online, and we're like, what are you talking about, and why are you at this house? The owner is there. So we've had those situations. I think over the past year, it's scaled back a little bit, and people do go back to an agent and do like a, a common, even if it's for a month period of time, they will go back to the agent to have that that security that it's actually going to be the house, it's actually going to be the owner that you're dealing with. But Airbnb yep. definitely still exists, I've especially my now house. with the golf event. I've had two people that rented my house that had really bad experiences on that specifically. It's interesting. Yeah, it's it's very definitely to anyone's listening. Never, ever, 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 ever wire money to anyone that's saying they're going to rent your house. No, that that's not a good practice anywhere. I don't care if it's the Hamptons or New York City, and certainly uh, Airbnb has its issues. Ray, um, so. <clears throat> what is the projection for the balance of 2018 in the Hamptons for the sales market and the rental market? Good to know that things seem to be getting stronger again, but what is the projection or the prediction? Is it going to finish the year strong or not? I think judging by right now, we're going to finish the year very strong. Historically, we always do the most number of sales between August and October, the end of October. The season is mm-hmm. becoming later because it's staying warmer later. So people are really out until November, especially. They want to be there for Thanksgiving. So that sales season is the strongest. And we really know the best pretty much in the beginning of September. But judging by right now and how things are, are going, I think the rest of the year is going to really end very strong. The sales cycle is strongest in September. Is that what you just said? Yeah, because what happens is people will will rent, especially if they haven't been there, in their rental period of time, whether it's Memorial Day to Labor Day or most generally it's usually August, people are happy, they're feeling good. That's when they they shop around. That's when they find out where they want to be and, more importantly, honestly, where they don't want to be. And then they'll look at a few different houses. When the rental ends in September, September, Labor Day, sometimes October these days, they say, you know what, why are we going to spend $120,000 on this rental? We're going to move that into a sale and we can either do the rental on our own. But that is the best time where people decide, you know what, we really want to be here. We've loved it so much for the summer. Let's buy a place. Ray, give us a quick update before uh, I let you go on where you have been. Uh, We know you're on a world uh, one-year tour. Where were you? Where are you headed to next? So I was in Bogota, Colombia, and I did a a little side trip to Costa Rica, and then I came back to the States, and then I leave to go to Mexico City. Are you getting any surfing in is all I want to know. I did some surfing in Montezuma and Santa Teresa in Costa Rica, which I absolutely love. So if you're going to Mexico, you got to get into Punta Mita for some good surfing, and I'll give you Black Bear's number for surfing. Okay, surf sounds good to me. By the way, Matthew, uh, Jack Lane was famous for the, for one quote. He said, if it tastes good, spit it out. You should definitely know that. <laughs> well, there, excuse me. <laughs> you want to end on Ray Ray? Well, this was a PG. Ray Ray show. out. Mike drop. <laughs> Hello, Mike. Really dropped on that one. Ray Lord, thank you so much for joining us. Safe travels. And when, Bye, you, when do you end, when do you end this this world trip? So I technically will be until until the end of December of this year. I will be in Cape Town. And then as of January, I decide where I go. But uh, after chasing summer, I don't believe I can return to cold New York in January, February, March. So we'll see. I might end up in Australia for a minute and then back to the States maybe um, in May. How many, more, how many more stops on this tour between now and the end of the year, though? So every month is different. So we're in the fifth month. So there's seven more stops. Got it. Wow. We all need to do. We all need to do that. Yeah, isn't that something? Can you hold my it's kids? Definitely a nice bit? reset. <laughs> all right, Ray. Thank you so much. Good to hear from you. We miss you, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Have a great day, guys. Thank you, you, baby. 
Okay, so moving on. A new 42-story building on the edge of Hell's Kitchen near the West Side Highway will pack 1,028 rental units, making it one of the largest apartment buildings in New York City. The max, it's called at 606 West 57th Street, will be located as far west as one can go without falling into the Hudson River. My question is, is there a market for that building so far west and on you know 57th Street way over there, who is going to rent there? And my question is, why? Wait, so I was driving out of the city the other day, and I didn't... I. It, it's so funny. The building, it's TF Cornerstone, and the, the building looks like an office building. Like, yeah. it doesn't even look like apartments. It's actually, I think, it's one of those things where from the exterior, um, it, you wouldn't be sure, but I think inside it's probably beautiful. Um, I mean, Via 57 leased out very quickly. Um, the whole Waterline Square area is going to be very exciting i think for that whole side because you have morton williams is opening this summer um there's they open this brand new starbucks they open a really great soul cycle like i think it'll be a really big community happening Soul cycles over there too yeah yes yes 60th street uh but i also think that you know this is a this is going to be the expanse the extension down from the upper west side and the extension up from hudson yards so i i mean I think it's. I think that it's going to be an interesting uh, projection and a roll of the dice. That it's going to be a value play for somebody for luxury living. It's going to be that lifestyle building, just like what we're seeing. There'll be some- a lot of students there. Um, there's actually this one broker I wanted to bring up before when we were talking about the new development on the west side. Uh, her name is Suzanne Zhu, and she's done a thousand leases between Via 57, 555, 10th Avenue, God, and, like a nightmare. and Sky. Like, uh, if you guys haven't been to Sky, you should go check it out. But uh, I think there's a huge a market for it. Thousand leases. That, that actually sounds like my nightmare. <laughs> thousand leases. That is a great well, that's a lot of pent up Chinese. That's demand. insane. Chinese right. students. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, the it's interesting though because I think the TF Cornerstone and the developer Fia Fifty Seven um, and a lot of those rental projects over there built for people like ABC or CBS. I always forget if it's ABC or CBS. CBS. So, like, I'm sure CBS employees. But if you went to the Real Deal forum last week, um, that's going to become condos pretty soon. So. That won't be there anymore. So I think it'll be very interesting to see how that plays into that market because with the TF Cornerstone building, you now have a lot of inventory over there for rentals. Like you have Mercedes House. Um, you know, you have the the buildings that are near. I'm trying to think. Uh, John Jay. I always think. Uh, I always forget the landlord, but it's like what the Barnes and Noble is in. Um, you have so many rentals. It's just you have to think that there has to be a little bit of a negative turnout for that, but who knows? It's kind and of exciting. The question, right, I have we to, we oh. have to leave it there. Or uh, live from Blast Off Productions here in New York City. I this is Good Morning wanna, New York. That, we will be right back after these messages. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com It's not easy to make it big in New York City. It's even harder to sustain that success for decades. However, two teams have defied those odds due to their formulas for success. Both have all-star rosters performing at the top of their game. Each have an undying commitment to greatness, a willingness to evolve, superior training programs, and ownership that invests heavily in their products. It only seemed natural for the world's most valuable sports brand to partner with Halstead, a market leader in the New York metro area, and now proudly serving as the official luxury real estate firm of the New York Yankees. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 
888-346-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. Voiceamerica.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all of our show archives on demand. All from your iOS, Amazon Kindle, or Android device. Download it from the Apple App Store, Amazon, or Google Play, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Good Morning New York with Louise and Matt, Sean, Tracy, Phil, and Anna. So, update as of last week, StreetEasy's highly profitable premier agent program violates New York State advertising law, according to regulators. The sources say the New York State, uh, New York Department of State, which has been looking into the agent advertising program since last year, shared its position with stakeholders, including StreetEasy parent Zillow Group, in recent weeks in advance of issuing formal guidance on the topic. State law says that real estate agents cannot advertise on a property that's the subject of another agent's exclusive. According to sources, DOS officials have determined that lead generation programs like Premier Agent are a form of advertising and that Street Street Easy isn't a licensed broker. It needs to comply with the state law, as do agents who buy into the program. Regulators are currently negotiating with Street Easy to come up with a workaround, including a more prominent placement of the listing's agent's name. So my question to everybody here is, like, we don't know the answer. What... Or how mm-hmm. does this get resolved? Well, no, I, first first yeah. of all, to me, I just want to say, Phil has the it's, floor. It's so sad to me that StreetEasy had to wait for the Department of State to come in and declare this illegal. Because it was something that we saw from miles away. And not only do we think it was illegal, but unethical and not how you treat your customers. I mean, the brokers are their top paying customer. I think 90% of their revenues are from brokers. So why would you ever treat your customers this way. Um, And I'm hearing more and more, I don't know about you guys, but just more and more talk from brokers about just the the quality of the buyer's agent that's coming through this program. No idea what they're doing. It's not only, there's there's so many problems, not only is it unethical, not only is it potentially illegal, 
but it's not even in the best interest of our clients. Our, it's not in the best interest of our clients as brokers to have our sellers and then the seller agent to be communicating with agents, these buyer agents, these premier agents that are, are paying for that position. It's a pay-to-play scheme that don't know the property, are new in the business, don't really know what they're doing, and it's and they're, in most cases, representing themselves in an unfair way. I can't tell you how many situations I have heard of where the consumer calls, they think they're talking to a listing agent, and the buyer's agent does nothing to dispute that. And it's just so deceptive. So it drives me insane. I could talk about this forever, but I want you guys to have a chance to speak as well. Well, it doesn't It doesn't do anything but benefit themselves. It does not benefit the real estate community. It does not benefit the buyer. It doesn't right. benefit the listing. I mean, it does, it's it's completely against the grain of how everything started, where you want, you want to be informative, you want to be helpful, you want to feed the community good information. And for a very, very long time, that was like the source. Like if Street Absolutely. Easy, if Street Easy had it, then it was active. It was updated. It was it was totally reliable. And now I think it's just so short sighted that they've gone against the grain just for some they you know, to put money some money in their way. pocket. And Zillow to, lost almost five million dollars. Yeah, the but first now quarter. look what's happening. They're, they're getting they're getting such backlash. Well, they're just, it's just a very poorly run company yeah. in general. So poorly run that they're switching into flipping houses and right. you know the sand states. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah. they're just their corporate culture is screwed up. They've had multiple sexual harassment lawsuits. I mean, the whole thing's just rotten to the core. They don't even sell their own houses for those estimates. So why should we? But even though, um, even though we're in a client services industry, uh, again, if you went to the Real Deal Forum, there was a great panel with a bunch of the CEOs like mm-hmm. Diane Ramirez, Sean right. Usher was there, Best from BHS was there, and they were all talking about Premier Agent, and they were talking about how they think it's so terrible for our industry because you, and I agree, you take an industry where we have a bad reputation as it is, why would you enhance that? Why don't we do things to make that better? Totally. Well, and it's then, an you know, point. to have, uh, you know, I was going to say off the record, but I'm on the record, <laughs> to have Douglas Alleman and Corcoran speak so openly and out, out, you know, outspokenly about how inappropriate it is and the 11th hour then do a pay-to-play for the whole company. And, um, you know, to me, it's, it's, it's the, I say when I'm teaching the art of building a team or the art of negotiating, I, I'm, I tell buyers and sellers are here today and gone tomorrow, but we have each other and our knowledge base, our experience and how we treat each other is the most important thing. And I think this is a totally deceptive. Please, please, can I add something else? So at this forum, and I, I'm not going to mention names, but I agree with Matt. Most people said what Matt said. One person, though, or someone said said something of the following. They said something like, if you can't beat them, join them, is one thing they said. If you can't beat them, join them. And they said, hey, it works. That attitude is terrible. That is not the way. Like, look we're, at the culture of that company. Right. We're, look we're, at that cult- right. culture of that company. It has company. significantly but changed we, over the years. But we are leaders, like, especially agents like that. Younger brokers and younger agents look up to them, and they look up to them for guidance and how they to don't know any differently. That's they're why. just looking to increase their their business or bottom line right. by a few points, and that's why you get this is also MLS and and just going with the grain. And <clears throat> Wait, hold on, but I think this is important. As a young broker myself, you know, I agree. I look up to people like him. Um, but at the same time, this is why big brokers should be, you know, reaching out to younger brokers and teaching them the ways that are better, the ways that are positive. You know, people can give Compass as much shit as they want, but Leonard Steinberg is helping to build something that is positive as opposed to someone like who you we will not name on that panel who is giving into something like Premier Agent who have hundreds of young agents who look up to him. All right, we have to go right at time. Sorry about that. Thank, that's it for me. That's the show for today. Thanks to my guests and panel as always. Always remember how wonderful life is while you are in this world. Thank you, Elton John and Bernie Taupin. Uh, Be kind to one another for all of us here at Voice America all around the world. Thanks for joining us and we will see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. 